0: Welcome to U.S. Phenomenon, where possibilities are endless. Put down those same old headlines. It's time to expand your mind and question what if. From paranormal activity to UFOs, Bigfoot sightings, and unsolved mysteries, this is U.S. Phenomenon. From the Pacific Northwest, in the shadow of the 1962 World's Fair, the Space Needle. Good evening. I'm your host, Mario Magagna. This is us phenomenon if this is your first time here checking us out we thank you for being a part of the show if you're a returning friend we thank you for hanging out with us again you can always text us or call us 24 7 on our us phenom hotline at 775-990-5151 tonight we talk about what everyone likes to say was the first big ufo Encounter Roswell, but we tonight are going to talk about something that happened in the Pacific Northwest back in 1947. Our guests are no strangers to the paranormal world. Charlotte and Philip will be joining us here in just a few minutes, but we're going to be talking about the Murray Island UFO incident. Uh, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show Charlotte and Philip. Thank you for uh, joining us this evening. Good evening. Good
1: evening. Yeah, thank you, Mario.
0: How are you guys this evening?
1: We're, you know, we're we're pretty excited, and, and only because um, there's some new information and some new development. Um,
0: so, for those who don't know anything about what happened i know everyone talks about the mount rainier ufo sightings and then a lot of people who are from the northwest or may not be from the northwest don't know about the incident that happened at murray island now everyone talks about roswell but no one really talks about this little island over on next to Mm vashon you know why is it such this mysterious place What happened? What took place for those who have zero information about what happened back in 1947
1: on Maury Island? Uh, What's intriguing, and it is complicated, so I always like to kind of divide it into three facets. Um, This incident, you know, was over a span of some weeks. um, In June, July, and August of 1947, Um, You can divide it into three facets. An alleged sighting um, over Maury Island is, I would call it, the beginning of the incident. Um, Then we had um, Kenneth Arnold's sighting over Mount Rainier. Right. When media coined the term flying saucer. And then we had the unfortunate um, crash um, of... and subsequent deaths of two military officers um, flying back to their Air Force base um, on August 1st, 1947. And so um, because of the the story, the alleged sighting, um, supposed evidence of a metal-like substance that they called slag, um, and... Uh, there is still kind of a mystery in regarding what is believed to be the first documented case of a man in black at a Tacoma cafe.
0: And you're not talking about like the old school Will Smith movie either.
1: (laughs) Well, in this, yeah, exactly. Well, we are still talking about um, a mysterious figures um, dressed in nondescript black visiting um, these, you know, supposed witnesses, and um mysterious persons being involved you know what's
0: interesting when you say that because back in 1947 you, guys just don't show up in black suits to this area like that at least not then maybe now i mean you know with amazon <laughs> and things of that nature but you don't know, you typically don't you wouldn't see that that that's out of the normal right
1: um it, it is but in What I always like to recommend um, to your listeners and and encourage, you know, more exploration is you have to understand 1947 was right after World War II. Um, We were very still protective and secretive. um, The Atomic Energy Commission um, with, you know, our nuclear development was just starting in the Cold War had just begun and um, you kept things very quiet as far as technology and development and it it is believed in some part that these men in black who were out there trying to kind of quiet witnesses may have been part of that and so I I always like to encourage people when you look back at this incident and it is a local uh, mystery is you know, you have to put it in a context of um, our our veterans, our soldiers had just returned from World War II. We were very anxious um, of what was going on in our skies. We were always looking up. Um, as we know, Boeing was developing in the area. Yeah.
0: And it's interesting because when you think about that, during 1947, that time period, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the younger generation just don't know anything about duck and cover. And we did a show previously yeah. about yeah. how the United States was this huge, and, and we still are a superpower, but like the Star Wars and some of the, the antics of what, you know, was the secret, uh, like almost like blanket, like, we, this is what, we're, we're not going to tell you what we have, but, we, you know, we have these cool toys over here that... Uh, as you are describing that um, during that time period, because it was a Cold War going on uh, or just had started.
1: Right. And so what, and, and I'll go and let you know, back in 1947 um, and, you know, subsequent UFO researchers had just kind of written this off. It it is kind of a hoax. It was just an unfortunate series of stories. Um, But, um, you know, some years ago, more like about 15 years ago, we decided to take another look at this. And it it is an intriguing incident. And we actually still believe there's more um, newspaper uh, clippings and evidence in in indications to still be found in our libraries and and through through talking with locals.
0: And during this time we're talking about the Maury Island incident if those who may be listening or joining us this evening, or if you're listening to the podcast and you missed some of it, you can always go back to uh, our website onairmario.com. Subscribe to the podcast, and you'll be able to listen to anything that you may missed Or if you can't stay long to hang out, go download the podcast. We'd love for you to listen, especially this one. This one's a fun one because a lot of a lot of the times, most people really don't know about the incident that happened at Maury Island. So, uh, thank you guys for joining us this evening.
1: Yeah, um, so kind of as best as I can in a nutshell, um, I'll explain kind of the first facet of the Maury Island UFO incident. Um, and locals you know, may recognize Maury Island is now connected to Vashon Island. Um, but in 1947, it was its kind of own separate area uh, right here on Puget Sound, directly across um, from Tacoma. And um, allegedly, in, on June 21st, 1947, um, a salvager by the name of Harold Dahl um, was out salvaging logs when he um, caught sight of, of what looked to be nine donut-shaped disks uh, flying over his boat. One appeared to be in trouble. And dumped, it's believed, close to two tons of a metal lava rock slag onto his boat. It supposedly killed his dog, um, damaged his boat. Um, They grounded their boat onto the sands.
0: Wounded his son.
1: Wounded his son. Um, And he took cover, um, you know, uh, under a cliff there on... the east side of Maury Island. And um, he reported this to his supervisor.
0: And when Um, you say, for those who may not know, this is what makes this interesting, because one of our radio stations is very close to that island. And when you say the east side, that's really close to KVI Beach. Hmm.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. But go on.
1: Yeah. Uh, Again, this is, again, a very local Yes,. Mystery. And um, it, it always surprises us because when we, when we run and discover you know an, another news article or another piece of information or another local um, who can you know elaborate a little bit more on what was going on. Um, but uh, uh, at that time, Harold Dahl's supervisor was um, a gentleman named Fred Crisman. And interestingly, he himself later on would go on to have his own radio show in Tacoma. Um, Fred Chrisman was, you would sit there and call probably a supervisor who helped veterans kind of reestablish positions and jobs, you know, after their, their tour of duty, after their service in World War II. And, um, you know, allegedly that morning they had... Uh, Harold Dahl had a sighting. Um, this was reported, and what we also know now is on June 24th, 1947, uh, Kenneth Arnold, a pilot, would have his famous sighting over Mount Rainier where he saw some horseshoe kind of uh, shaped discs um, skipping. Um, over the top on the north side of Mount Rainier. And he would later um, discuss his sighting on, you know, Edward R. Murrow, would do an interview with him, and it's his story um, that broke out into media and garnered national attention. Um, And amazingly, you have to understand, this was just before Roswell. And, again, um, the newspapers investigators were, were treating this very seriously. Um, we we have some foreign aircraft in our airspace. That's very unsettling. And, um, again, uh, Kenneth Arnold had the benefit that his sighting was on a clear day. Um, he was a well-respected pilot. He was a fire marshal. Um he himself had been flying over that area actually looking for um, a down transporter on Mount Rainier um, because there was a, re- a reward when he had his sighting. And so at that time, unusual sightings were, were making newspapers um, and stories. And um, this was probably a little bit um, an of an alarm for the Air Force, also.
0: And, and I mean, especially when you when you're talking about this, I mean, everyone's like Spidey sense. We'll just say Spidey sense. Everyone's no. everyone's just so nervous because it's wartime, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so everything's like on everyone's on super high alert. they are like, what was that? What was that in the sky?
1: It, exactly. And so, um, again, in the context of the time, just two. Years after World War II, um, we need to pay particularly attention. And you have to understand, with this being um, Boeing country, we knew exactly what conventional aircraft could and couldn't do. What Kenneth Arnold witnessed was very unconventional. Um, These crafts were flying in formation, tight formation, at a very high speed. He was clocking them, um, incredible speed, didn't recognize any of the technology, and um, this was, again, very alarming. Um, He would later be asked by a gentleman named an editor named Ray Palmer to investigate Harold Dahl's sighting. And um, some years later, he did write a book. It was called The Coming of the Saucers, which pretty much is the field investigation, if you will, for um, the More Island incident. Um, He wrote it pretty much in first person, and you, you are with him as he goes to investigate and interview Harold Dahl, Fred Christman, and he actually flew into Tacoma, stayed at the Winthrop Hotel, and. um, He's still there, by the way. Yeah. And um, would be there and actually would call in the Air Force to also continue to investigate this alleged sighting. I'll just kind of mention briefly the the third facet is um, two military officers, they were intelligence officers, um, flew in from Hamilton Field, Captain Davidson, um, and they would uh, talk with Kenneth Arnold and they had to rush back to their their air base because the following day was actually going to be August 1st, 1947. Um, The very first day the Air Force came into its own and separated from the Army. Um, And so they they were there for a very brief time and they left close to about 2 a.m. in the morning. And uh, they supposedly took back um, a, a cereal box if you will, full of this mysterious black lava rock slack. And on their way back, unfortunately, their plane crashed in Kelso, Washington. Um, That made the papers and, and it was just very unfortunate. Um,
0: I just, I find it so fascinating. The story with the different levels that this story really presents to everyone. Uh, we're talking mm-hmm. about the tonight. We're talking about the Maury Island incident. The uh, and there's so many different levels with this. And the thing that I, listening to you, share these stories with us this evening. The one thing that just keeps throwing out in my head was maybe the Air Force was a part of some of this experimental. Uh, crafts but I mean and then the, the two guys die so I mean or uh, their plane crash so it just it it doesn't I, it, it's I, uh, part of the conspiracy just like anything else makes you makes you think you know like what happened why uh, it, you know what okay so my my head says okay well it couldn't have been military and if it was you know or was You know, was it military or was it UFO and the UFO knew that they had like somewhere from wherever they came from said, oh, they have some of our goods. Let's shoot it down. There were rumors that it was shot down, actually. Interesting. It just to me, uh, especially in that time frame, how, you know, we talk about the height and alert of everyone's senses. But is it a coincidence that the plane crashed, you know?
1: Well, it, it again. Um, it, you have to understand the, the plane was uh, a modified bomber. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there could have been various causes. Um, we have received the the official Air Force report. Um, it was the left engine that caught on fire. Um, and you, there, there's a lot of theories and speculations. But you know what we do know. Um is Captain Davidson very bravely, um, we now know, steered the plane away from the populated Portland area and um, into more of the remote section of uh, South Washington um, before the plane crashed. Um, And um, Brown actually helped um, a military staff person with his, parachute and actually shoved him out the door um, before um, he tried leaving the plane. Um, So two very brave officers and regardless what you can speculate about um, the objects they were carrying or even about the investigation, um, they were doing their due diligence and responsibility in investigating Again, at, at the call of uh, Kenneth Arnold to responsibly investigate um, unusual craft in US airspace. And um, that they, what's, what we're looking at is, you know, they took these sightings seriously enough to go um, literally fly out at the last minute and interview these people. And um, then after this incident, this is where you're you're first going to be seeing the military just kind of almost close down and treat um, sightings differently. Um, And and it's believed, you know, they couldn't handle all the calls um, or... We're also looking at it's quite possible that the Air Force is still very compartmentalized. Right. Not all intelligence knew what was going on at the time. Um, And again, it's believed, you know, the Atomic Energy Commission was just starting. um, Nuclear bomb developments, um, you know, were still happening in Hanford. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of secrecy. We were actually lucky enough to interview a person who had seen... The crash site when he was a teenager
0: oh well, we,
1: we actually use that for a cover of our book this Oh is yeah. from the Longview paper yeah and uh, they actually showed the all the people that were there at the time
0: so if you're listening to uh, the show on the radio you'll have to go back to our website to go watch th- the video blog and uh, go down, download the podcast. So you can see uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to, um, cause we're getting close to the bottom of the hour. We're going to check in with Mark Christopher for our paranormal story of the week. We're going to continue talking about the Maury Island incident with our new good friends here, uh, Charlotte and Philip, who will continue to break this down for us. For those who may not have the slightest inclination that anything ever happened with UFO sightings. Although, I've heard from multiple people like uh, different people from the MUFON uh, saying that the Northwest is the home and the hub for the most paranormal activity around. Let's go to the text phone. Let's go to the text. Let's go to the US Phenom text hotline at 775-990-5151. James from the 253 says, love this story. Can't wait to hear more about it. Uh, if you want to find out more information about this and you missed anything, go to our website onairmario.com, or subscribe to our podcast to listen to this and all the pertinent information, including the book link will be uh, available on our podcast. Do you have a story that you would like for us to cover? Mark Christopher's got our newest, he's got our paranormal story of the week. That's up next. And we look forward to hearing about that with everything that's been going on since we all just recently time traveled ahead by one hour are you excited that we're going to go away from switching back and forth are you excited about that we'll have to have someone come on to talk about that here in the near future all right we'll be back you're listening to u.s phenomenon phenomenon with your host, Mario Magana.